0: What the fuck is up, world? We're back. Another grito. Getting ready to celebrate the freedom that we are all afforded here in the 21st motherfucking century United States of America. Irrespective of the color of your skin, irrespective of your fucking sexual orientation, your gender, all that. Times is a little rough, I'm not going to lie, but guess what? Times always been rough, especially for all the aforementioned people that I just fucking discussed who ain't had the luxury of historically here on Turtle Island being born a wealthy, white, straight, able-bodied, white male. But guess what, dog? This ain't the fucking 1700s no more. It's fucking 2019, bro. And while it's not anywhere near as perfect as it can be, it's definitely a lot better than it has been. And instead of looking towards the past and keep on fucking asking ourselves, lamenting of how much progress we have yet to make, How about we start being a little more forward looking and looking into the future and celebrating all the process and progress that we can make if we just keep on keeping on with this whole hood philosophy shit that I personally am doing with whatever fucking indigenization and decolonization that you personally are doing. And if you are yet to engage in either one of these fucking practices, just a matter of time, especially if you keep listening, because I mean, I'm not trying to front or nothing, but your boys heard that I'm actually a little bit convincing with the philosophy that I dropped, right? So you keep listening to this podcast and the next thing you know, you might just find yourself fucking trying to divorce yourself from your motherfucking slave name that was given to you by our Christian conquesters here on Turtle Island. And revert back to something a little more. Now, what if that's of your inclination, or perhaps something a little more indigenous, African, Asian, you name it, dog. Right? It's a great quote that I was reading a little bit earlier, speaking that the the body of imperialism is laid over the continents of the se- of the seven continents of the globe, meaning that whether you strike it in Africa, whether you strike it in Asia, whether you strike it in quote unquote Latin America. You're going to hit that bitch inevitably. So it don't matter where the fuck you're located, as long as you seek to reclaim your life from these factors and these forces that for the last 500 years have been saying, fuck you, you fucking brown person, you fucking black person, you fucking gay person, you fucking women. Nah, today, 2019, we're going to say stop the bullshit. Don't matter if I'm black, brown, gay, a woman. We're taking it back by decolonizing and indigenizing and saying that, you know what? My motherfucking life matters. That's just a really, really long-winded way of saying, what's up, Doug? It's good to hear you. Good to see you again. I'm obviously not looking at you, but if you're watching this on YouTube or a little bit of the clips that I post on the gram, you're watching this for sure. I apologize for the lengthy delay in, in getting you out another podcast. It's been about two weeks, but honestly, your boy's been a little bit busy. I am in the process of not just finishing up the second summer semester of the summer 2019 Uh, academic session, you know, where I work. But I'm also in the process of preparing to enter into the uh, dissertation phase of my doctoral program. And before I get into that, I got to pass this bullshit ass qualifying exam, which basically is, as I mentioned before, in the Instagram posts, for those of you who are keeping up with your boy, OG underscore Ice Nice 13, if you're not, is nothing more than a fucking indoctrination is just it's a test to see if we've been properly indoctrinated to the fucking philosophy of the current, the current philosophy, at least, of the liberal arts program, which is what my qualifying exam is going to be. Have I fucking fully ingested what these white people historically and currently are trying to tell me the field of rhetoric is? And for those of them who aren't white, the ones that have been brainwashed by the white folks who established and developed the very academic structure that we think is somehow going to give us as people of color, liberty and freedom. That's what my dissertation is ultimately going to be about. I've changed it a few times. It's natural. It happens. But at the end of the day, I keep coming back to the fucking day schools, man. Education really is an issue of great importance to me. It always has been. It always will be. So it seems only fitting that for the dissertation uh, aspect of my career, that I do something pedagogically relevant. After that, Shit gets fun because you've also, for those of you who have been following uh, following me along, have heard me talk about the books that I'm writing. And you know what, man? This shit is tiring. Not just like actually physically tiring, but it's emotionally exhausting. One of the books that I'm writing, part of the book at least, is going to be called Why Study Philosophy When I Can Just Kill Myself Instead? and i don't mean that in the facetious way i mean that in the most camusian sense of the character uh, the most camusian sense rather of the question the only question of relevance and importance according to this albert camusian character is whether or not i should kill myself Find me reaching over sorry we're breaking away from the fucking microphone for a second but for those of you following along on the youtubes or the instagram you'll see it right here this camusian question Right. Why study philosophy? Why fucking do anything when I can just kill myself instead? So you understand that when we're writing fucking books like this, at least for me personally, the subject matter can be pretty draining. You know, you're sitting here and you're asking and you're reflecting to yourself about the meaning and purpose of life and why one should even continue on, continuing on. And the answer for me, as is the answer for Camus, is because living is the most punk rock thing you can do. Right. <laughs> It's my terrible attempt at freestyling right there for you off the top. Also trying to work on that music, get back in the music game. You might sound like, yo, what the fuck, dog? Settle on something and pick it. Commit yourself to something, right? I am. I'm committed to all sorts of different projects. It's not my fault. I got the ADDs, okay? Uh, How this has anything to do with what it's kept me busy. That's why it's been taking so long to get you on this podcast game, right? To get back to you on this podcast game. Because somewhere in between trying to, you know, be a philosophy professor, somewhere in between trying to be a PhD student and also primarily a motherfucking father to my beautiful daughter right uh i'm trying to you know to to dole out these podcasts as consistently as possible so uh all of this by the way is fundamentally intertwined as always with it might there's a method to the mayhem bro i promise you there's a method to the mayhem for those of you who are following along like what the fuck is this bitch babbling about yo He's just fucking rambling on out here. What am I even listening to this podcast for? And if you really need to uh, get into the Camusian philosophy, what's the point of doing anything? Ah, the absurd, right? Chill, bro. Chill. It may not seem like it, but I promise you, there's a motherfucking method to the madness, okay? And the method to today's madness is something of a little exegesis, if you will, on ethical and on ethics in general and morality, okay? Ethics and morality. Now, much of this podcast game that I've been giving you so far has been mostly like my interpretation of my very, it's still, I got so much more to share with you. Okay, so much more to share with you when it comes to this podcast. It's a philosophy podcast after all, and the philosophy that I want to teach you. And the little bit that I have in the last 17, now 18 with this one episodes has mostly been focused on like introduction of philosophy shit. Again, my interpretation of the introduction of philosophy shit. But there are so many more fields out there in you know, philosophy, and in, in school in general, right? But definitely from what I teach at, you know, at, at my place of employment, and that is ethics. I teach ethics and introduction to philosophy. And thus far, I've really abstained from the whole ethical aspect of this podcast because, well, I'm just in the interest of full disclosure, going to be completely fucking honest with you. I think ethics is a fucking scam. I think it's a fucking bullshit fucking control system that has been enacted and enabled by the people in positions of power to keep people in control. Now, to be fair, to be fair, I also think that ninety nine point nine percent of the people on this planet fucking need to be controlled and that of that population, an even greater number of them wants to be controlled. So then, uh, I would say like a ninety eight percent of the ninety nine point nine percent. They want to be controlled, right? So that 1% that's left of that 99% would be then not not of the the 1% of a 99.9% just so we're really clear of people that need to be controlled, right? Let's say we have 98% of those that want to be controlled. And then the 1% that's going to lead us to 99.9%, they need to be controlled because these are the fucking sociopaths of the world that we're talking about. Listen, motherfucker, there is nothing fucking, it might be the edgy, like the hipster edgy thing to do. But there is nothing fucking, it's not, nothing profound about fucking shitting on the military, bro. Like I have my own, you know, we all have our own personal feelings about it. If you ask me, I'm almost entirely against what the military, uh, what, uh, w- w- what they're for, right? But I also understand 1 billion percent that we need a military. And for that, I'm fucking thankful for the military, okay? Because, dude, there are people out there in this world that will fucking seek to make this beautiful shit that we have here in the United States of America, for instance, but definitely also other parts of the world to reduce it to the well, some of the most vile conditions that humans are capable of. Just because this shit happened in the past, you should not ever pause to fucking, you should never uh, stop to think that it won't ever happen again, rather, because this shit is possible, man. And without like the military to hold us down, without, you know, shit as controversial as it may be, definitely for me to say, because prior to about a year ago, I would have been completely vehemently against it, but now I'm only like, against it. Police, man, like, fuck, dude. It sucks when you see police getting away with extrajudicial killings and extrajudicial murders, but real shit, bro. Police, I mean, fuck, they serve a purpose. So that is the same for the military, the same for a lot of these structures. Now, I know this might come across as shocking, especially for those of us that have been fucking brainwashed, like I'm currently in the process of seeking to avoid by these liberal educations that teach us shit like the military is an imperial force and it's all about colonization and colonialism. And you might even be saying to yourself, hey, dickhead, didn't you start the fucking podcast talking about that very thing? You're right. I did. But where it gets mistaken is the fact that just because this continent was colonized by the fucking Spanish invaders, it's not unique to them, bro. This is a fucking fundamental facet of human existence. And the people that they fucking, you know, colonized, at least here uh, uh, on Semonawak, right, The, the Nahuatl, They were original colonizers, too. They were out here fucking colonizing all the peoples of Turtle Island long before the fucking Spaniards got here, right? So the point that I'm trying to make is, yo, this is like a fundamental human issue that we're dealing with. It's not a white issue. It's not a brown issue. It's not a black issue. It's a human nature issue, bro, because all three of the fucking ethnicities that I just mentioned right now, we're all fucked up, okay? So, yeah, in that respect, I would say that I am happy that we have morality. And in that respect, I am happy that we have a military, a police force. It's called intricacy, bro. Okay. All the little fucking fake woke jokes that might get a hold of this and be like, how dare he be in support of the United States imperialistic force? Relax. Okay. First of all, that's the kind of shit that enables, you know, me to be able to sit here and do this podcast in the first place. All right. Secondly, I'm saying I'm thankful for it only in this particular instance, namely of the 1% of the 99.9% that need fucking morality in them lives, in their life in order to keep us, in order to fucking keep them specifically in check, right? The other ones that want it, as we're going to discuss here shortly, that's just because without it, shit, there's no meaning and purpose in life for many of them, bro, okay? So then of that 99.9%, you are left with the 0.1%, which I desperately am seeking to become a part of. What is the fucking point? 1%? A complete and utter master, bro. I don't need the motherfucking government to tell me what to do. I don't want the government to tell me what to do. I don't need a religion to tell me what to do. I don't want a government to tell me what to do. It's all about individuality and authenticity and these fucking quote unquote enlightenment era values. I say quote unquote because motherfucker, people had these values long before the enlightenment, okay? But these enlightenment values, for those of you who aren't hip to the parlance, is these ideas that we as individuals with these fucking beautiful brains that we've been endowed with can understand the essence and the nature of of the universe and of reality without the need for somebody else to fucking filter this truth for us, right? And that these same people, we don't fucking need a military and a fucking police force to govern us because we know full well that despite our human nature, we can fucking be responsible for our actions and say, you know what? I don't need a military to tell me. I don't need a politician to tell me. I don't need laws to tell me not to do shit like fucking rape, murder, steal fucking from people. Why? Because I am better than that. I am, a, I am an enlightened individual to use the most pretentious language possible, right? This shit's possible, bro. If we get enough people to step their motherfucking game up, this shit would be 100% possible. However, we know full well that this is a very difficult and daunting task. There's 8 billion of, these mo- of us motherfuckers running around the planet for one. So they get all 8 billion of them in accordance and say shit like, I am an individual with quote-unquote enlightenment-era values and I don't need any authoritative figure to tell me what to do because I am a master of my domain. Nah, man, like let's be real. That's not fucking possible. Not So many people in this world are lazy bitches to begin with, lazy motherfuckers to begin with, right? I use the word bitches in the most... It's a terrible word to use. I I don't apologize, but it, I don't want to convey the idea of a sexist. No, I mean it more like in a in a weak sense. In a weak in the sense that like, dude, male, female, it doesn't matter. If you need someone else to tell you what to do in order to keep you in line, you are a fucking weak person, right? And I consider that a characteristic of a bitch. Like, come on, dude, step your game up, right? Obviously, of course, we know that many people out there, again, irrespective of their gender, irrespective of their ethnicity, irrespective of their sexual orientation, are not going to do this. Most of these people are the ones that fall under the camp that I mentioned earlier, the 98% of the 99.9% that want people to tell them what to do, right? Whether it comes in the form of religion, uh, identity politics, you identify with, you know, you being a brown person, a gay person, a black person, whatever, right? Whether it be in the form of their... Uh, political beliefs, all that kind of shit. That's uh, that's like a that's like a a moral code, if you will, so, uh, in a very you know abstract way that tells these people what to do with their lives. And I don't fucking want to be that person, right? The other one percent of that 99.9 percent are the people who. Despite all the knowledge of shit of as to like, you know, why they should live well or perhaps even in the absence of it and why they should treat other people well, they don't fucking want to. In which case we revert back to the point that I was making earlier, namely as to why I am happy that like the military exists because, you know, somebody's got to kill these motherfuckers and I'm not going to do it. Right. So there you go. Anyways. Long winded point. Again, I promise you there is a method to the motherfucking madness. It's been like a basically a 15 minute long rant of an introduction. But now with that, we get to the motherfucking actual lecture for today. So again, going back to this idea of ethics and morality, one of the reasons that I don't really talk about it is because I'm telling you, man, it's really to me, at least if it's not a form of control, it's not that I don't believe it's not a form of control, but if it's definitely it's definitely that. But there's also realistically no reason, there's no like actual solid foundation for why ethics and morality is something of importance, okay? And I mean that in a way that there is no absolute objective moral code. In fact, trying to establish an absolute objective moral code of any kind is a very highly problematic practice in the field of philosophy in general, because inherent with this well, with this uh, desire is the fundamental belief that somebody's moral code is better than another person's moral code. And in this fucking soft ass world that we're living in now, how dare you say that somebody's culture is superior to another culture, right? Because that hurts their feelings and it diminishes them, et cetera, and so on and so forth. I get it. Okay, I get it. But if we're seeking to establish any sort of, you know, permanence to morality, Inevitably, we're going to have to establish a moral code that applies to everybody, irrespective of, again, their political beliefs, their religious beliefs, their fucking personal beliefs, all that kind of stuff, right? Because if it doesn't, inevitably, all of our fucking approaches to morality are going to be reduced to nothing more than relativism. And relativism, I mean, it comes in one of two forms the first of which being an individual relativism, right? And that's where you personally think that whatever you believe is morally correct, that's the moral code. And then there comes a fucking cultural relativism that simply states that whatever a specific culture believes is correct, that's the moral code. Whatever the fucking particular culture values, that's what is morally good or bad. Both of those ideas are fucking terrible, okay? They don't work, right? And more importantly, they're not absolute, again, in the sense that, like, gravity is. Gravity doesn't give a motherfucker. Whether you believe in it or not. Okay. Gravity applies to everybody, irrespective of anything. Okay. It's a fundamental facet of the universe that we're living in. It's a fundamental facet of being. And unless we're able to establish something like that, when it comes to morality, even then we'll have a difficult time grounding that belief on our epistemic foundation or lack thereof. Right. But until we're able to, you know, figure out these problems, epistemic foundation being like this idea where we can build a foundation upon which we can build our ideas, right? Without any of that, we're left to this fucking constant contradiction when it comes to morality, which just leads me again to believe that, dude, morality realistically is at best a form of social control to keep fucking plebs of the world from killing each other. Because without it, who's going to establish any form of, you know, uh, stability, ideally, ideally. Right. Who is going to establish any form of stability that would allow people to create shit like this fucking microphone, that camera, that sound pad right there, this laptop that's fucking enabling me to give you this podcast, the phone that you're listening to it on, the fucking computer that you're watching it on without sense of security, without safety, you know, uh, that we are provided here in the United States of America. This shit's not possible. It's just not possible. Right. Because motherfuckers are going to be more worried about finding somewhere to sleep. Finding some food to eat, some water to drink, and then their safety and that of the aforementioned, right? And they're not gonna have time to sit back and ask themselves, yo, how the fuck does a microphone work? How the fuck can I build a camera so I can take pictures and record photos? You can't do that shit. You can't build a motherfucking sound pad or laptop without the freedom and security of, you know, your food, your water, your shelter, and your safety. It's just, it's not gonna, it's not possible, right? So, obviously then morality and the social control aspect plays somewhat of an important role because that's what allows people like me who say, I want to be the master again of my own domain without needing the need of relying on other people to tell me what to do with my life, to be able to actually sit down and philosophize about what exactly that would entail. Because without it, without the protection of the moral code, I would fucking, you know, ideally we would all be cast to the state of nature where I would be more concerned with surviving. Right? So, Again, yeah, morality is more of a form of social control, but it's one of those weird forms of social control that maybe, maybe it's not a bad thing, at least for the people that are willing to be controlled, the people who want to be controlled, the people who need to be controlled, right? But this podcast ain't for them. This podcast is for the people who, like myself, most likely you, because if you weren't, you wouldn't be listening to this, that also wants to break free from this fucking basic blase understanding of what a morality is, of what a moral code is, and what it should be. And aside from the now, I I don't even want to say aside. I don't want to say aside. Because at this point now, I'm starting to get to the understanding that much of the philosophy it's all Nahuatl philosophy. It's like in one way, shape or form or another. This is my epistemic foundation as a philosopher, as a Tlamatini, to be more clear. Right. So I'm not even going to qualify it anymore. But I was going to say critical theory. And the problem with saying that is because critical theory is a very specific school of philosophical insight that arose in Germany during the like you know World War II era. But it's not fair to my ancestral, my intellectual ancestors, my biological ancestors to dismiss the insights that they had to offer in this respect as well. What I mean by that is that our Nahuatl ancestors, my Nahuatl ancestors, uh, if you're not, uh, you know, of our lineage, if you will, um, they had similar philosophies, man. So... I'm gonna call it critical theory, but understand that it's informed by my. This is my interpretation of critical theory for one, and my interpretation is undoubtedly influenced by it's fucking filtered through the lens of my now what understanding of reality, right? So, w- with that in mind, uh, I'm gonna get into a, a form of ethics that is less concerned about the ways in which we should treat other people, and more concerned with the ways that we should treat ourselves. The standard that we should fucking uphold ourselves to, right? Inevitably, as this podcast series progresses and also some videos that I'm working on right unfold, we're going to see that for me, the word selfish isn't necessarily a bad thing. Why? Because for those of you who have taken my class, you'll know the root of the word selfish naturally is self. So ideally, when you say that someone is selfish, you're basically just telling them that they are concerned with their own self and their own well-being, which I mean... This is a form of ethics that's called egoism, right? You only do what is, you know, proper for you. But let's not reduce what I'm trying to say to that fucking simplistic understanding of egoism. I'm saying something a little bit more. This isn't about going off into the world and maximizing the amount of profit that you can make on this planet. Part of it, I guess, can entail that. But this is something a little bit different. This is along the lines of arguing that you have a unique responsibility to yourself, a moral responsibility, if you will, to yourself to manifest your best life possible, okay? And inherent in that is understanding that whatever fucking moral code that we've been brainwashed, whatever fucking political agenda we've been brainwashed with, whatever religious belief we've been indoctrinated with, most of those actually, in fact, if not all, are going to be highly problematic to your attempt to be able to do so, right? So this is where this, I'm going to come back, right, with another lecture, giving you a little bit more insight onto the critical theoretical method as writ. But uh, for now, I'm just going to assume that just by the words critical and theory, you have, you're able to formulate this idea of a philosophical approach that is more concerned with, with looking beyond, just like kind of looking beyond the layers, right? For those of you who are highly conspiratorially inclined, like myself, I used to be at least, this is probably up your alley, right? When something happens and you're like, man, is that the official narrative or is that just what they're telling me in order so that it's in order so that I can fucking in order so they can manipulate me and my navitate for their own particular game. Right. This is like a hallmark of this critical theoretical method. And thus it stands to reason that their critical theoretical ethics that I'm about to drop on you is 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 is, is rooted in the same ilk. Right. In this particular sense, the suspicion, it, it's rooted in this general fucking weariness of the social function of morality. So going back to that comment that I made earlier of ethics as a form of social control, this is what I'm fucking talking about, man. Like critical theoretical ethics in general, they're trying to say like, yo, what the fuck? What? I'm suspicious of this, man. I'm suspicious of the social function that ethics and morality play. I'm going to be like completely upfront with you all. A lot of this, it's not, he's not a critical theorist, but not like from the frankfurt school critical theorist type deal i'm trying to say right but a lot of his writings are you know influenced i, I guess i would say influenced uh I, uh from uh, from this kind of approach but it's uh foucault Michel foucault right and what he's going to want to talk about specifically is the role that shits like prisons and fucking hospitals namely psychiatric hospitals and jails the role that they all play like how how come they all look alike for instance why are they all built in a similar form and all this kind of shit right And what he's going to want to say is that it's rooted in this episteme, this fucking, this underlying consciousness that feeds our consciousness, right? And for us here in America specifically, but in the Western world in general, it's a highly uh, carceral consciousness, namely the, the, the kind of consciousness that seeks to imprison others, the kind of consciousness that seeks to label others in order to marginalize others and distinguish them as others, Right. And this is where this morality that most of us fucking get comes from, right? Particularly is rooted in these fucking bougie values. Now, what are bougie values? It actually has nothing to do with money, although money is deeply intertwined with it. Bougie is basically like very conservative, affluent Christian values, right? And namely how they are exercised in a way to not only control people's behavior. There's motherfuckers that won't eat pork. Yo, bacon is delicious, bro. But they won't fucking eat it because the religion, the Bible says that you shouldn't eat hoved animals, right? There's people who won't fucking get tattoos for the same reason, okay? And realistically, you realize that, I mean, shit, if you believe in God, that's your own deal, right? But more likely, that shit's just a form of social control. The so religion is just a form of social control that is fucking helping further projects that of the people who are in control of this shit, right? Or at least trying to be in control of the narrative. Uh, that they use it to help further their interests. So when you're not getting a tattoo or when you're not eating bacon because the bu- the Bible says that you should do neither, that's how this fucking control works. And that's on a simple form, right? When it comes to this Kamuzi, or rather uh, Foucauldian character, you gotta understand, man, this is a gay man, okay? And he's interested in how Christianity with its explicitly homophobic fucking uh, belief system is responsible for... The effect that it has in reducing and marginalizing and othering gay people. How this Christianity, with its uh, very clear ideas of what is normal and what is abnormal, is responsible for the fucking imprisonment of people who are are considered dissenters, right? Dissenters of the political agenda that is namely, historically at least, founded on religious texts. And it is rooted, it is responsible for who is able to be considered sane, who is able to be considered insane, et cetera, and so on and so forth. So who is sane? A Christian. Who is insane? Non-Christians, essentially, right? And this is where we get the majority of our ethics from. So when we say that it's uh, this critical theoretical approach to ethics and morality in general is rooted in this fucking general suspicion for the social function of morality, that's where they're telling you, man, is ethics, for instance, really responsible for why you don't lie, cheat, steal, kill, rape, murder, all that kind of stuff? is is it really the moral code that you got? or is it possibly because you as a fucking potentially amazing human being know inside of you that all of those aforementioned shits that I just mentioned are fucking just bad, right? And thus you don't really need the moral code okay that moral code at least to tell you what to do now it's a lot more complicated than this, but today is not the point of that lecture, right? inevitably we will cross that bridge, baby, because the only thing that's going to stop me from doing this is the day I fucking spit my last breath, like I said. So just have patience, keep listening, follow along, right? And we'll get there inevitably. In fact, inevitably, we'll get to my own personal conception of ethics and morality, and that is, you know, deeply informed again by the not tradition of philosophy, but made best available to us by Nietzsche, who tells us that, you know what? We need to reevaluate our understanding of good and evil because the shit that we have now, no bueno right? What is good? Anything that helps me live a good and happy life. What is bad? Anything that takes away from it. So if it's not helping me do this podcast, write my book, spend time with my daughter, finish my dissertation, be a relatively decent philosophy professor, then it's not good in my life, right? And uh, I need to seek to minimize it as much as possible in the most simplistic forms, right? There's a reason the Aztecs fucking went off and started fucking sacrificing as many people as they kind, as they could, why they engaged in ritualistic mythological or uh, uh, ritualistic warfare, right? And it's rooted in much of what I'm just, I'm trying to explain to you right now. But again, today is not the podcast for that. Today, a little more critical theoretical ethics, right? So what they're going to essentially want to tell us then is that morality is nothing more than this ideological practice, right? That operates in service of the prevailing socioeconomic interests. So what the fuck does that mean in English? Well, it's simple. It's a tool. It's a tool morality that has been weaponized if you will, okay? To use fancy philosophical jargon that uh helps people, right, mainly the elite, the, the 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 monetary, the social the socioeconomic elite, right, to continue to further their interests, right? Uh again, this is this, this gets into like this really complex understanding of power relations, power dynamics that I'm not particularly interested in discussing today, but I think what is important to you know assert for today is to recognize the power and the overall desire by those who are too weak to live without morality, however, okay, and as such that they seek to utilize it as a means by which to alleviate the conditions of suffering that they find themselves living in at any given moment so what i mean by that is it's essentially this is, we're getting, i mean i'm giving you the the understanding without any of the philosophy yet but maybe you have a little bit of understanding yourself if not it's too it's not too difficult to understand it's operating essentially morality from like a slave based approach what is a slave based approach it's basically someone in the most simplest sense of the word who needs other people to tell them what's to do with their lives, right? They might even b- falsely believe that they don't want to be slaves. But as long as they're married to these ideas, as we'll examine through various philosophers, they're still slaves, man. Right. It's Part of the reasons why uh, I feel as though I've been lied to in my current Ph.D. program, because I feel like they're trying to indoctrinate a bunch of us brown people into being slaves of this sort. Right. To complain about shit that we're not special, bro. Genocide, conquest, slavery, all that shit has always existed. And as unfucking fortunate as it undoubtedly 100% is, the reality from this cosmic scale of the universe is that that shit is, you know, basically, for lack of a better term, inconsequential, right? It fucking sucks to say, I understand full well the effects of colonialism, imperialism, capitalism, exploitation, enslavement, genocide. I understand full well the fucked up feelings associated with it. But what, we're, what I'm operating from is this more, again, not what understanding of reality that's going to come along and tell us, listen, okay, in the absence of any absolute truth, there is no meaning, purpose, and value. This is the philosophy of the absurd in a nutshell, including, including genocide, conquest, exploitation, all the shit that I just mentioned, right? It fucking sucks to say, but at least acknowledging that fact will allow us the ability to work to stop fucking perpetuating these very fucking same instances, okay? In fact, if we follow this Camusian approach, what he's going to tell us is that the only reason this shit continues to exist is because we haven't acknowledged it and we haven't understood yet properly that the confrontation with the absurd, or at least the desire to uh, avoid the confrontation with the absurd, inevitably always leads to these fucking militaristic agendas that do shit like fucking conquer, commit genocide, enslave, and exploit, right? So until we acknowledge it, it's never gonna stop. So yeah, it sounds fucked up to say. It hurts me to say when I think about all the fucked up shit that my ancestors went through, right? But without acknowledging it, ideally, we're never gonna heal it. Okay. So when it comes to morality, another reason why I'm I'm kind of against it is because it it it, it doesn't allow us, it doesn't allow us to fucking broach these issues because it's considered immoral, for instance, to say that you know what. Uh, it's considered taboo to say uh, the 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 genocide that the indigenous Americans occurred. My ancestors occurred, right? The enslavement that the West Africans underwent. It's irrelevant, right? Inconsequential in the grants in the grand narrative of this uh, uh, of a of a of a universe void of any meaning and purpose and value. Highly controversial, very fucking taboo, right? But until we acknowledge it. We again, we can't overcome it. And many people, rather than acknowledge it, because doing so, again, inherently implies an acceptance of our insignificance as individual people and our insignificance of our suffering as individual people. It, it, it forces us to acknowledge that. Right. And rather than do so, because, you know, it et- commenced existential crisis. Jesus fucking Christ. Right. Uh, we seek our morality. As as an out for this, we say, no, it all mattered. The enslavement, the genocide, all of that mattered, right? And I'm not saying that it doesn't to us individually. I'm saying that it doesn't to the universe as a whole. That's what I'm trying to say, right? So when it comes back to these power dynamics and all that kind of stuff, it works both ways. It works in favor of the people who are seeking to control, but it also works in favor of the people who want to be controlled, right? Which, again, I don't want to be one of those people. So again, I understand like how fucked up this shit is and I promise you it's not rooted in any fucking utter disregard for the sufferings of peoples of the past. It's not rooted in an utter disregard for all the fucking fucked up cataclysms that have occurred at the hands of Western exploitation here on Turtle Island, but also around the world, right? So much as it is to say that inevitably we are going to have to acknowledge the truth for what it is, right? Uh, it, it's, not a, it's not a pretty truth, the truth, again, being the seeming ign- insignificance of you know our human plight in general here on planet Earth. But at least I like to think. I like to think of this in a, a, a stra- in a Stranger Things kind of way, especially from the season two. I'm speaking specifically here of season two. No spoiler alerts. Don't worry. It's just a really funny scene. And the scene is where the dude, I forget his name, is that crazy conspiracy theorist guy, but he actually turns out to be correct. Critical theory 101, right? Where he's giving them the metaphor of truth. He's giving the, 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 the uh, Will's brother and his girlfriend the metaphor for the truth, right? In the form of vodka, vodka shots. And he's telling them they have all this information about this giant government conspiracy in fucking Hawkins, Indiana. And they want to go out there, the uh, Will's brother and his girlfriend, and just fucking tell everybody outright like, yo, this is what's happening in Hawkins, Indiana. To which the dude advises him like, nah, man, that's a fucking, that's a terrible approach. That's a terrible approach. It's too much fucking truth at once and people, they cannot handle that much truth at once. It's too it's too powerful. It's too strong. It'd be like fucking taking a straight shot of vodka for all those psychopaths out there that enjoy that shit. Ugh. Right? What we need to do instead is to fucking water it down to make it more palatable for those who can't drink it straight up. And this is kind of where this critical theoretical ethics, this is where I'm, at least me personally, this is where I'm coming from. Yo, like, yeah, I get it when I tell you fucking straight up to your face all up at once, like, yo, the genocide here on Turtle Island was not fucking special. The gen- the enslavement of the West African people was not special. That's a fuckload to it. In- that's a lot to take in at once, right? Because rooted in that is this false, false, very false idea that I mean that it's fucking inconsequential to people, okay? Right? But more importantly, because, again, as I've already established, in, in the cosmic scheme of the universe it, it's not new right suffering i mean the fucking universe black holes swallow shits all the time and that's it all of existence within it is gone okay uh all of nature unfolding it's a fucking process of this nature unfolding in this of in a very bar- bar- barbaric way it's not new people have been killing each other and enslaving each other for a long time right uh and to not acknowledge that fact it, it doesn't do us any favors okay In fact, it's just it's just a a, a placatory attempt to numb or even kill the pain associated with acknowledging the fact that, yeah, you know what, man? Maybe it wasn't of any fucking meaning or importance, because if it was, we would have learned our lesson and these issues would no longer be occurring. But it's 2019. Genocide is still occurring. Enslavement is fucking still occurring. So it's like, damn, do we ever really learn anything at all? Or are we always doomed to follow this cycle? Me personally? I argue, no, I don't fucking want to believe that we're doomed as humans to continue living this cycle, which is why I don't fucking want to rely on other people to tell me what to do with my life. Because the other people who are telling me what to do with my life are the ones who are directly perpetuating the very systems of oppression and the very structures that enable all the aforementioned suffering to continue to exist in the first place. Why? Because their morality is not rooted in an actual care for other people so much as it's rooted in a continued desire for control. These motherfuckers don't care about alleviating the conditions of suffering. They don't care about alleviating the slavery and the genocide and all that kind of shit. They only care about maintaining control. And as long as they fucking can manipulate our, ma- our consciousness in such a way to make us think otherwise, that we've advanced, that we've progressed, and that we're better as humans and a society, they're doing just that, right? And that, that obviously, that, that's an illusion, man. Again, it might sound fucking strange and hypocritical because how I started the podcast, I'm fucking thankful to be here. It's why I started the podcast like this, man. Again, method to the madness, right? It's why I started the podcast like this to begin with. I'm thankful to be here in America. I'm thankful for all the safety and security that we got. But never for one motherfucking split second am I under the false pretense that this is the best that shit can get. In fact, I'm fucking a 100% American patriot when I say we need to fucking work to make this shit better. It's not fucking any better than it can be. This country could be so much more than it is right now. And saying that shit is not fucking unpatriotic right? It's simply an acknowledgement of A, how great this country is and B, how great this country can be. All right. So what I'm saying by that then essentially is that I I just, I don't want to continue living this fucking life of illusion. I'm done drinking the Kool-Aid, man. Okay. And as fucking hurt as I was when I first acknowledged this fact that that suffering of my ancestors was not unique and not fucking even possible, not, not even, I'm not going to qualify by saying possibly. This is my own personal beliefs, right? I don't give a fuck. I'm not playing this fucking um, political correct game. It doesn't do anybody any favors. Me personally, it fucking hurt, but I acknowledged it for what it was. It was nothing more than another unfortunate event in the history of human beings. We are barbaric, savage creatures, okay? Who most of us have only been civilized by the structures that we have managed to create to keep us from being fucking savage and barbaric to one another, right? Right? And I am trying to transcend past this structure where I can in myself find reasons why I don't want to be or need to be barbaric and fucking an animal. Okay. Uh, again, so when it comes back to the metaphor of drinking this vodka, there's one of two ways in which it'll work. Right. The first way is you could just fucking drink that, slam that shit down straight as hard as it comes. With the intention of doing nothing more than killing the pain, if you will, associated with acknowledging the fact that our suffering is irrelevant. That shit is fucking painful, okay? It hurts to admit. It hurts to say. And we could drink the vodka to try to numb that pain. Or we can water it down a little bit and slowly numb ourselves. Slowly, not even numb. Let's say um, back, uh, uh, we can... We can develop the antibodies, if you will, necessary to be able to confront this reality and work to undo it and then, thus, in doing so, create the space in which our new morality can emerge, one that actually genuinely cares for the suffering and plight of other people, as, a, as opposed to one that simply pays lip service to the idea of helping protect the and helping to diminish the plight of other people, okay? So in my attempt to do so, I like to utilize what they're going to refer to as this imminent criticism to accomplish my goal, right? What is this imminent criticism? It's basically attempting to show how liberal society is failing to live up to its own values, okay? In this respect, in this respect, it's almost as if these liberal progressive people that we're surrounded with ourselves right now, the ones that want to fucking shout everybody down, they're almost doing themselves a disservice. It's kind of like they're shooting themselves in the foot because although their sentiment appears to be rooted in progressive values, in reality, they're not even living up to their own ideals. And that's what this fucking imminent criticism is trying to do. Take my work, for instance, when it comes to my PhD program. This mostly white people in education, man, like it is what it is. Okay. Minorities, were not very well represented. And it's these white people who are fucking writing all the texts that people like myself fucking go on to read about how they think that people like myself have been fucking uh, unfairly marginalized. And I'm not going to say that we haven't, but what I am going to say is they're the fucking descendants of the very people who marginalized us. And whereas their ancestors reduced us to nothing more than a form of physical chattel. These, their descendants, their so-called liberal progressive descendants have reduced us to an even more sinister form, bro. And that's a form of like consciousness, chatel, man. And what I mean by that is they've hijacked our consciousness and made us believe that because we are the fucking survivors of cataclysm and uh, enslavement, that because of that, we are somehow victims. And that shit is sneaky, bro. Because once you peg someone as a victim, you establish yourself in this dominant position where you now become the savior, the white savior complex, if you will, right? And in doing so, you reduce us back to this fucking slavery that we're actively been working against for the last 500 years, right? Right. So where they think these liberal academic progressives, that they're helping people like, you know, me and maybe you, if you're a person of color, they're actually doing us a disservice, man. They're not living up to their own ideals, right? Mostly because mo- many of them don't even embrace these liberal ideals themselves, right? These fucking progressive uh, enlightenment era values themselves. What, what do I mean by that? Again, the realization that you don't need anybody else or anything else, including your belief in the fucking importance of identity, for instance, to fucking tell you what to do with your life. I don't need a fucking narrative that has been fucking prepackaged and pre-cut for me as to what they think, these white academics, a Mexican person should be, a Chicano person should be. I don't fucking need them to tell me that, right? And their attempt to do so fucking betrays their fundamental commitment as these fucking liberal scholars that they portend to be, right? So, I mean, that, that that's that, that, it's part and parcel of where a lot of the alienation that I'm currently experiencing in my PhD program is starting to come from, right? But it's also part of the majority of the reason why I think politics are fucking complete shit. Like, there's no reason to even be discussing them, right? And it's it's not that people don't understand the politics. It's just that people, they realistically, they don't fucking care to understand. Right. What I mean by that is not just politics. I speak here of like national politics, global politics, but also identity politics. Right. These people, this is just all, th- those structures, those institutions are nothing more than these things that give their life meaning and value so that they can continue to ig- ignore the reality of what it means to be a human being, namely that of someone who has been thrown into a world of absolute no meaning and value who is still seeking to establish a form of meaning and value through a, a form, uh, any form of moral uh, system, right? So like, nah, man, uh, I don't want to be controlled by these people and I also don't even fucking care to argue with these people because what the fuck? They're gonna def- they're gonna find some way or another to uh, you know try to debunk what I'm trying to say. They're gonna fucking find a way to you know dismiss what I have to say. So 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 what's the point, right? There is no point. The point is not to convince them. The point is to unite those who are tired of being overwhelmed by them. And this is where this fucking critical theoretical ethics comes back into play, man. It's we're trying to establish again a new morality. This is where that Nietzschean influence from earlier that I mentioned that we'll get to inevitably. But it's understanding that yo this morality that we have now it's not suited to the desires of people like myself and again most likely you and that's that's kind of the beauty of the internet is that it's allowing us if you will the opportunity to 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 build, to bridge this gap to build these communities right um and to recognize that this shit like this morality that we've been brainwashed with isn't necessarily going to help us fucking to live the best life that we could potentially live. Hence the whole responsibility, the moral responsibility that we have to ourselves. Listen, man, philosophy in general, but ethics in particular, it's concerned with living a good life, right? A wisdom. It's the study of how to live a good life. So inherently philosophy as the love of wisdom is the love of how to study the, or the love of studying how to live a good life, right? So in order to do so inherently, our ethical our ethical commitments are going to be drawn into question because many of these commitments are, they're highly value laden to use the philosophical language. Right. And I'm not, I, 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 I'm not willing to accept them just because some fucking overarching institutional force has legitimized them. Because again, look at what's legitimizing them. Look at the people who are legitimizing them. Most of them are these fucking uh, fake Christians specifically uh, using the language of the critical theoretical method, who are seeking only to control other people, right? Which is why uh, you know a lot of this critical theory—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, 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 it's directed as mostly an attack towards deontology. Now, deontology, at least its most famous form, is one is an ethical theory that's been given to us by this philosopher named Immanuel Kant, right? Who was himself a very wealthy, bougie Christian person, right? And essentially. What, these critic, what this, what this uh, Kantian character is trying to do is address the fact that in the wake of the laws of physics, there really is no reason to believe in God. Because there's no possible way that God, the Abrahamic God as writ, can exist in a world of, that is fundamentally understood by the laws of physics. And this isn't a good thing, because at least according to this Kantian character, without the absolute proof and uh, knowledge of the existence of this uh, absolute God then we have no reason to be moral. So he comes along and establishes this whole set of principles that's based on rationality as to why one should be moral, right? And he says that anybody who's not living up to these norms is therefore acting irrationally and thus immorally, which, you know, he's got a very fancy way of fucking justifying it and it seems legit. But then we start to realize again, as I qualified it earlier in the, in the podcast, that that's where the Christian influence and the control comes from, because again, this is a very bougie, conservative Christian person. So anything that's irrational inherently is going to be anything that goes against his fucking religious convic- convictions, right? And this is what these critical theorists are attempting to come on and say. They're going to say, "Listen, man, these binding moral laws that you're trying to establish as categorical, they, they're categorical meaning without exception, right? that they don't exist, man, at best. They're hypothetical, they're just thought experiments, right because they're not they're not really grounded in reason alone, right and neither is this fucking trans historical authority that is the root of your morality, namely Christianity, okay So if the best that you have, to superiority is uh, to to if the best that you have as a foundation for your epist- for your moral code is the the claim to superiority of these Christian bourgeois ethics, then you know that that's highly problematic because it's these very fucking ethics that led to shit like genocide and enslavement here on Turtle Island alone, right? I mean. This obviously, it it just, it doesn't work. Okay. And this is what this critical theoretical method is going to come along and continue to tell us, yo, we got to push and continue to look for a better, right? A better form of ethics that is more suited to us and, and our ability to live a happier, more fulfilled life. Another problem is that this fucking Christian morality, it's basically predicated on, it's a, it's a cultural myth that we perpetuate. It's a myth in the sense that... I'm not calling into question your religious convictions, man. You believe in God, that's your shit. Everyone's entitled to their beliefs, right? But it's a myth in the sense that it's an absolute fucking uh, uh, totalizing force, right? Uh, The myth comes in where that the only reason that Christianity is seen as this absolute uh, force is in that most people are Christian on the planet and that their collective force together is what gives it credence. Which is not a very strong argument, because all that says that is in 500 years, it, Christianity might be replaced by something else. In which case, uh, the moral code that we have now, namely that which is influenced and you know grounded upon Christianity, will change, and it'll be something it'll be something completely different. And thus, the impermanence that enables us to not be able to establish any sort of absolute truth here on this planet. And this is obviously not sufficient for the critical theoretical approach. So what the goal then is, is to try to come up with something entirely new, right? Something that's objective, something that's absolute, something that is e- as egalitarian as possible, yet something that doesn't encounter the same issues that we have now, right? And the only way that we're going to be able to do so is if we're open and fucking honest with ourselves about the role that we as human beings are our situation here in existence, right? So. Anything else is kind of just an approach. It's kind of just an attempt to take away from that, which is not good, right? Because every day that we're wasting, it might not seem like a lot, and I, I at the risk of standing grandiose and dramatic, it really isn't, right? But all the time that we're wasting right now about arguing shit like fucking ethnicity, gender, pronouns, like fuck, man, I get it. It fucking, it hurts. It marginalizes you. But honestly, bro, This shit's fucking inconsequential, man. It sucks. It hurts to say. It hurts to hear, right? But it's ultimately keeping us from establishing a better fucking egalitarian, open ethics that can actually help to make positive change in the lives of people. So, yeah, I mean, like, I get it. These fucking arguments about ethnicity, gender, class, they're all important, right? But we need to understand, inevitably... That real freedom it can't be had until all of us unite under this class consciousness, if you will, and that everything else is this exclusionary fucking obstacle that is keeping us from recognizing this unified uh, uh, experience that we share as human beings, right? I guess I should qualify this before I finish that this is not an attempt to justify any of the actions that are currently you know occurring in light of the Trump presidency so much as it is a challenge for us as those who have historically suffered here on Turtle Island, at least, at the expense of their colonial ancestors, right? It's, it's almost a challenge to step our game up, essentially. Listen, bro, we come from strong people. We came from people who survived cataclysm in the form of fucking catastrophic genocide. We are not weak people. We are not victims. We are fucking strong people with a historic lineage of being fucking warriors, man, for lack of a better term. And until we recognize and take this power back from these fucking fake, woke, joke, liberal academics who have tried to brainwash us into believing otherwise, we're not going to fucking be able to see the forest for the trees, man. We're going to be so caught up on this identity aspect of our politics that we're going to Sacrifice. We're going to lose all that time that we could be using instead to develop a better form of ethics and morality that is more conducive to not just a unified uh, consciousness among people of, you know, of the disenfranchised communities, but for ourselves as well. So, nah, it's not a it's not a fucking attempt to justify the actions of the presidency so much as it is a, is a, is a fucking challenge to us as these strong people that we are to fucking look past that. Look past the creation of race. Look past the creation of ethnicity, of gender, of fucking politics, of uh, uh, citizenship. All of those are fucking important. But we need to get to the real core here. And the real core is this fundamental morality that we've been brainwashed with that does not fucking benefit us in any way, shape or form. So with that said, we are at about the hour mark. I appreciate you for coming back for yet another episode of the podcast. Hopefully I drop some more shit that'll fucking make somebody of these fucking uh, Trump, well, at least one Trump, like a diehard died in the wool Trump fan. Hopefully it'll upset them in such a way that they'll feel the need to insult me on social media like I've done, like they've done in the past, right? <laughs> and if not, then I guess I didn't do my job sufficiently well enough and I'll try again until the next time, right? Until then, I hope you all enjoyed the show and I wish you the best of day. Peace.